sure knew how to put them together in the old country. The old family coach. And that body was handmade. What a fun car. Ron and Anian. And there's how many miles on the Sienna? About 75. It wouldn't be the worst idea to drop the pan once. I'm in the middle of a very big experiment. The Car Doctor. Hey, Lou, welcome to The Car Doctor. How are you? I have a, a, a 2016 Lexus 450H Sport. Nice car. I was wondering what your opinion would be as far as rust proofing or undercoating. Um, I did talk to the Lexus dealer, and they recommended not getting it done. And I kind of lean towards them. If you don't stop imagining these crazy things, I'll take you to a doctor to have you examined. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open, but I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... I want to drink your blood. That's not at all nice to say. I want to sip your blood. Much better. Here's Ronnie. <laughs> Start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Let's uh, let's wander around as we uh, kind of creep along this Halloween show. This is the pre-Halloween show. Um, uh, the must-see movie of the week this week. All right, the must-see movie of the week this week has to be Hollywood Nights. Um, so let's uh, let's make sure we watch that because, as we all know, that was Halloween night, nineteen sixty-five. That was the that was the after American Graffiti, uh, the clone, but um, still a great movie. New Bomb Turk and the gang. So that's the movie to watch this week. Let's go over to line. Let's go over and talk to Jeff, 2013 Subaru Impreza Sport. Jeff, welcome along, sir. How can I help? Hi, Ron. Glad to talk to you. you too, um, sir. Yeah, I've got an Impreza Sport I bought used with 60,000 miles on it in January of 18. Okay. Uh, so I've had about 20 months. And ever since I've gotten it, um, well, it runs fine. I really like it. It's one of the 2.0 engines. Right. As opposed to the 2.5s. Um, it seems to go through a bit of oil. How much? Um, using full, about a quart in 3,000. Okay. Um, and, you know, I've just not had a car do that. Um, you know, I know Subarus are known for blowing head gaskets. Um, and actually, the light came on yesterday at about 2,500 miles, which would be the shortest term that I've had it going. It went right back off, and I've only driven the car about 10 miles, so I haven't put any, any more in at this point. Uh, but I just didn't know if that was normal. Um, you know, does the full synthetic uh, make a difference? Um, you know, I didn't know if that was a thinner oil that might burn off or... Well, it, it you know, shouldn't. Just, just kind of wanted to figure out if I had something to be concerned about with this vehicle. Yeah, I, I think you do. Do you have a pencil handy? Something to write with? Yep. Um, you you want to get your yep. hands on, on Subaru Bulletin 02-157-14R. It's been revised three or four times, probably more than that. The latest release that I'm aware of was August of 2018. And it talks about warranty extension on 13 and 14, and I believe it goes back to 11 and 12, Imprezas and, and, and Outbacks and so forth with the 2-liter dual overhead cam for excessive oil consumption. All right? And in that bulletin, and I would tell you to try and have a copy of the bulletin in front of you when you talk to Subaru so that you have full knowledge because some of the things in that bulletin are very, very specific. For example, 
they talk about the fact that they consider the vehicle to have high oil consumption. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. If it burns, yeah. a, if it burns a third of a quart in twelve hundred miles. Now, you know, this is kind of like Hyundai yeah. saying, "How much oil does the car take?" Five point one quarts. What? You couldn't make it five quarts. You couldn't make it five and a half quarts. <laughs> you got to make it five point one quarts. You know, you, you wonder. You know, I have a friend, Chris, who's a national trainer for Automotive Training Group, and he, we, we talk about it and laugh about it all the time. One of Chris's favorite sayings is, you have to wonder what these instructor, what these engineers are saying. You know, do, do they design it in the morning, go out and have lunch, have one too many, and then come back and approve something completely against what they designed in the morning? Because there's no common sense. Uh, you know, common yeah. sense is not common. And a third of a quart in 1,200 miles is now Subaru's benchmark. If it's burning that, that's excessive. And that would probably meet your need because, you know, a third of a quart every 1,200 miles, high school math, not yeah. that I'm all that smart, is going to tell me that that's, uh, that's a quart of oil in 3,600 miles. So you're, you're, you're doing a quart of oil in 3,000 miles. So you kind of meet that demand. And what they're doing is Subaru has extended the warranty on these vehicles eight years, 100,000 miles. They've, they've okay. increased the coverage. So I would tell you to get your hands on that. And Can I you just want to... that bulletin one more time? Sure. The bulletin number is easy. It's 02-157-14R. And there might be later releases. Uh, the last revision I remember reading was August of 2018. Okay. All right. And, you know, be, be prepared, all right? You know, you, you know, Jeff, be prepared to be disappointed because my experience from the people I've spoken with that they go through this procedure with Subaru and they have the repair done and they still have a vehicle that has oil consumption. So I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not convinced that they're able to fix it. I'm not. I'm not convinced yet. I haven't heard enough positive. I still hear more negative than positive about the oil consumption problem. And I agree with you. Oil consumption a quart in three thousand miles is just too much. I just and and I see worse than that. I've I've seen some of these cars really chew up oil because they have ring issues. So um, I guess my next question is: Is if I keep the oil up, am I? Am I going to be okay with the car, or should I be... Well, let's... let's. And it's a fair question. So the car burns oil. If, if this was 1963, and there was oil burning out the tailpipe, it's not hurt anything but the environment. But it's not. So this is, this is model year... This is year 2019, model year 2013. All right? And new cars have catalytic converters and oxygen sensors or air fuel sensors in them. So that oil going out the exhaust is now contaminating sensors that are in the exhaust system for emission controls, as well as coating gotcha. the catalytic converter. At, at, at some point, you know, catalytic converters get insulated enough, they're kind of like going to see your relatives for the holidays. You're insulated, so you're immune to anything they say. Well, the catalytic converter gets insulated. It's going to be immune from any oxygen storage capability, and it's not going to function right. And pretty soon you're going to set a fault code for cat inefficiency, and then you've got to deal with that whole drama. Gotcha. All right. So, I mean, otherwise, I'm very satisfied with the vehicle. You know, it gets like 35 miles to a gallon on right. a on an easy highway type trip. But sure. Yeah, it's just got all-wheel drive gets you through the winter and all yep. that. But yeah, it's, all-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just a small flaw in that they don't have a good engine in it. 
Um, you know, it's it's, and I get it, right? It's, <laughs> it's just you, a small you know, thing, yeah. yeah, small small problem. It's kind of like, yeah, it needs open heart surgery, but other than that, it runs great. Um, you know, what a wonderful car. Uh, you know, it's um, and the headlights probably work good, and the tail lights work good, and the doors open and close, and all the locks function. Hey, I'm thrilled. You know, it's, um, uh, you know, yeah, I know it's it's, and I I've got to tell you, I still think, you know, I still believe that the majority of engine issues today come about from the lack of oil changes. I'm sorry. I just, you know, we've, we've, we've spent all this time and effort and money and campaigning and, and, and media releases that talk about extending the length of an oil change interval, and we don't seem to be talking about the fact that better than probably five or six car companies off the top of my head I can think of have oil consumption issues, all with extended oil drain intervals, and they're all coming back to the rings are getting gummy and varnished up. And that's what's creating the consumption. You know, it's, it's, I, it's you know they put a sticker on this at the VIP place for five thousand, and I actually asked them the last time, said, "Please put thirty five hundred on." It. Right now, is that so conventional? That, I, is that conventional or no? It, it's it's full synthetic zero okay. twenty. Right. Okay. Um, and so it's a little more expensive, but I, I still think it's cheap insurance. You know, it's. Uh, well, you I, mean, bought, I do probably fifteen thousand a year. So you bought this car used, right? You know. Yeah. So you don't see, and the problem is you don't know what the what the life was like on it for the first sixty thousand miles. Right. You, you know exactly. Cars are like kids. Yeah. I say it all the time. Cars are like kids. How they're raised and how they're brought up. By the time they hit their teenage years, you know which kid is going to make it and which kid is going to, you know, end up on a scene of blue bloods. Um, you know, with, with with Frank Reagan and company chasing them down. And then, uh, you know, cars are like kids in that when they're young, they'll take a little bit of abuse. How they withstand that abuse when they're older remains to be seen, and it's the value of the car company. And uh, Subaru doesn't seem to be all they're cracked up to be in some senses of the word. They've got their they've got their issues as well as other companies. You know, listen, it's not just Subaru. Toyota's got problems. Honda's got problems. Hyundai, Kia, um, they've all got engine issues. And and I don't understand GM. Chevrolets have got some issues with timing chains. Thirteens, fourteens, fifteens, sixteens, equinoxes. Uh, you know, and all the like the the the, the four cylinder overhead cam motors. And I don't understand. What, what I don't understand is how we went from being a, a country that could make an engine last, you know, 200,000 miles to the junk we're making today. And, uh, you know, it's even though some of these car companies aren't here in the States, Hyundai, Kia, Toyota, obviously, but still they're selling it here, they're marketing it here, and we allow it. And that's the problem. Um, that's, that's lowering our standards. So, Jeff, good luck to you. You need any more information, you know where to find me. And I'll do all, all I right. can for Thanks you. Thanks a lot, Ron. You're very welcome, sir. Good luck to you. Um, yeah, sad state of affairs. You just, you know, it's it's we're we're just being sold junk sometimes. I think it's and we accept it, and that's the bad part. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, coming back right after this. For the best in car advice, give Ron a call, 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Hey, let's get over to Christopher in Illinois, 04 Ford Excursion. Christopher, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Um, the reason I was calling today is I've got a 2004 Ford Excursion. Um, it's actually the third Excursion that I've owned, so... 
I'm somewhat familiar with how they are supposed to drive. Um, I bought this one about a year ago. It came from out west, and when I when I got it, um, I noticed that it had uh, it had very hard steering. Uh, it didn't want to return to center. When you let go of the wheel, it, it wandered and darted real bad. Okay. Um, the reason I, I bought this vehicle was it was for its age. It was very low mileage. It had about sixty-eight thousand miles on it. I think when I bought it. Um, okay. And I I think it must have sat a lot. Um, so the first thing I did was, uh, I thought maybe the ball joints, since, uh, I, I jacked it up in the air, you couldn't hardly move the wheels with weight off of them. So I had, had somebody put ball joints in it. Um, and I had, uh, then also put the dual steering stabilizers on it. Cause uh, I thought maybe that would help with the darting and wandering, but, um, that didn't really help. So then I had them put a track bar uh, new tie rod, tie rod ends, uh, hubs, axle seals, uh, steering gearbox. Um, still didn't help. Um, and then I had it, uh, I had it aligned, uh, again and they said it was spot on because I was thinking maybe it had some kind of a uh, tweak from being in a wreck. And I did a Carfax that hadn't been wrecked. Right. Um, Took it, got a second opinion from uh, another mechanic, and he said that the ball that it still needed ball joints. So he put more ball joints in it and okay. uh, realigned it. Still didn't help. He thought that I could try to change the caster adjustment shims in the uh, in the front end to see if he could get it to return to center better. I think it he changed it like two degrees. That didn't really help at all either. Right. Um, I guess I was just wanting to see if you had any ideas of things I could try. Yeah, well, and just, so excursions, just, just, and I just want to say this just so I said it. I don't think this is your problem, but I just want to get you thinking on the other end. Just make sure the back of the truck is okay. Track bars, uh -huh. um, you know, uh, coil springs, nothing's broken. Uh, you know, no bushings are pushed out in the rear axle or suspension. Just because we don't know the history of the vehicle and the vehicle sat a lot. I have seen mm -hmm. a few cases where problems in the rear end and how the rear end lines up, although you would think they would pick that up in a four-wheel alignment, but I've learned in looking at cars from other shops that I never assumed the last mechanic knew what he was doing. Uh, you know, I, I, sure. I, don't, I don't like to say that or think that. I don't like to think badly of my industry, but um, it does happen, and I've got to be a realist. So just, you know, anything askew in the rear. When we're looking at the okay. front, all right, I want to know, does the, do the, and you sort of have to do this on a drive-on lift, all right? Um, putting it up in the air mm -hmm. doesn't really tell you a lot. Pay particular attention to the front control arm bushings where they meet the frame. Are they pushed out, distorted? Is there any looseness there? If we were to put a, if we were on a drive-on rack and we were to put a ram jack under the end of the control arm, and then try to wiggle that control arm or look at it for looseness. Does anything jerk and move? I've seen a few cases okay. where those where the, the 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 inner hinge where the control arm actually pivots gets good and rusted or um, loose, and it will cause all sorts of handling issues. Not necessarily wheel return, but definitely darting and sloppy steering. And you're like you're always correcting the steering and things like that. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had that experience. Last thing on my head, 
Um, and, and I just want to mention the ball joint thing. You know, there's a lot of ball mm -hmm. joints on the market, and uh, listen, Moog is not one of our sponsors by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I like Moog suspension. I like Moog ball joints. All right? Uh, okay. I, I think they make a great product. I, I see a lot of ball joints out there from a lot of other manufacturers. Um, there's a couple of brands out there. I forget their the product name, but it's that light blue boot. Um, it's a light blue boot uh, made offshore. They're being pushed into the marketplace. They're cheap. They're plentiful, and a lot of people use them. I don't see them holding up to save their life, and I, I, I just see a lot of issues with them, so I, I tend to stay away from them. Okay. Um, so uh, there's that. Where I want somebody to look is, does this vehicle have a steering coupling, which is just before the steering box? This is a box vehicle, right, not a rack? Correct. Does this, does this have the U-joint coupling before the box? Because uh, yes, I believe so. Has that been checked? And if so, how did they check it? Because what you're describing is, is, a, is a rusted or tight U-joint coupling, steering coupling. I mean, okay. to the T. Um, and if I'm not okay. mistaken, this is going to be the style Ford coupling that was two U-joints laid in tandem over the top of each other so that they can expand in and out so that they can flex with the vehicle as it travels down the road and the suspension as it goes up and down. And if this vehicle mm -hmm. sits a lot, that joint's going to be tight. And, uh, you okay. know, if, if you want to try a science experiment, it's a little sloppy. But what you could do is, it, without even taking it to a mechanic, get a can of Rust Buster, some kind of rust penetrant. You got a, you got a local O'Reilly Auto Parts? Oh, yeah. Okay. Get out to, to O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go in there and get a can of... Uh, PB blaster. You ever hear? A P, you ever mm -hmm. use? You ever use PB blaster? Oh yeah, use, okay. it all, use it all the time. Right. So get a can of PB blaster. Um, you'll see that coupling. Um, it might be covered under a plastic cover, but you'll see that coupling if it has it. Get some shop rags on the ground or a drip pan, and just spray that joint. Coat it a couple of times. Let it soak. Let it sit. Come back to it a little bit later. You know, let it sit overnight. Just soak it. Let that PB work its way in. Take the truck out for a ride. If there's any change in the way that vehicle operates, that coupling is binding. And um, you're going to find that, uh, you know, changing it will fix it. So get a look at that. We can go from there. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the end of the car doctor. You know, I still can't get over this Paul Eisenstein article from last month. I'm still reading it about how some states are charging extra for drivers who buy electric vehicles. Colorado and Wyoming, $50 a year. California, 100 And Illinois is trying to introduce a flat fee of $1,000 for owners of electric vehicles. Boy, it sure pays to follow the rules sometimes, huh? Yay, let's save the environment. And I'm not saying I'm not for that, but just like... You know, you buy in. Sometimes you buy into the program, and the program bites you back. I don't get it. Let's get on over and talk to. Uh, let's go talk to Sam in Illinois. We haven't talked to Illinois in a while. Sam, welcome to the car, doctor, sir. How can I help? Ron, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, sir. Um, I have a 2011 Toyota Avalon, and it's got 60,000 miles on it. And exactly at 38, 39 miles per hour speed, uh, I get a shudder. I get like a, a a vibration, and as soon as I go over forty, it, it 
goes away. Okay. I've been reading a lot of blogs on Twitter forums, and everybody keeps talking about tires in it, but some, and some people it happens to them at 60 miles an hour, but uh, like these original tires, too, so um, I never had any problem with the tires, no, you know, original owner of this thing, so I don't, I don't know where, where to go, Okay. what to look for. Well, how, how, how old are you, Sam? I am 58. Do you feel as good at 58 as you did at 8? <laughs> well, it changed at 27. Okay. I started changing at 27. Well, right. Yeah, I can't. So, but I, mean, I still feel good, right. but uh, so, exercise, you know, I'm still good. Yeah, I'm but, maintaining. Let me just say the word yeah, maintenance. I think you're going to put that in there. You know, you're, you, you, you get where I'm going. You know, listen, I only started doing CrossFit two yeah. years ago. It still hasn't it still hasn't killed me, but they're trying. Um <laughs> So, okay. you know, are, are these the original tires at 60? Yeah. yeah and, you yeah. know, how much tread is left on them? And oh, then, they're good. They're still good. And then what can't you see? Um, do we have a belt yeah. issue? Do we have a do we have an internal structure issue of the tire? But neither here nor there. Has, has anybody tried to diagnose this? Has anybody moved the tires around? Has anybody done? A, well, I was... I was going to do that myself, you know, because everything, everybody talks about is tires. And right. I didn't know if there was other, uh, you know, the, the tie rods or some bushing down there that, you know, attached to their, that area. I didn't know if that had anything, you know, at no. 60,000, I didn't know if that was. Nah, not for what you're describing. Um, for, what, okay. for what you're describing, you're talking about a speed-related um, yeah, uh, you know, strict, and it's exactly at that at that yeah at that speed. The other thing, the other thing somebody was, ta was talking about was doing a balance on a uh, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it they said when the cars on the tire, I mean when it's when the tires are on the car, you balance them that way. And I forget the term they use. Not don't take it off. But go to go somewhere who's got a. Tire balancer on, well, well, on the I, car. I, I think you're talking about in the old days. We used to call that dynamic speed balancing, and I don't. Speed I don't, balancer, yeah, right, right. I don't know that you need to go to that level. Um, I, oh, I, I okay. like you know when I when I start talking about tire and wheel service, I like the stuff from Hunter. Yeah. We, we use Hunter in the shop all day long. The the tire machine is great. Okay. The, the balancers are great. Their aligners are great. They're very well thought out. Um, they're an American company, right. not that that means anything, but it's, you know, American ingenuity. Their stuff works. Right, right. So, sure. Sure. you know, and, and sometimes I lean on my balancer. I've got the, I forget what model, I just bought it. I, I've got the Hunter Model 1 down from the Road Force machine because I tend not to see. Yeah. To, to me, the Road Force is very applicable um, on certain models of tires, low profile, the high-end beamers and things. We don't see a lot of those. Um, we've got the one model down okay. from that, but I tend to lean on my balancer quite a bit. It's um, it's got laser weight placement. It's very precise, and I can do a lot of things with weights and where I want to put them. Um, so it's it's okay. important. Now, keep, keep in mind that a balance does more than just balance the tire. You know, it's it's also an opportunity yeah. for a shop to look and see is the rim bent. I can balance a bent rim. I could compensate for a bent rim, but I can only compensate so much in terms of how, you know vibration, and I can't compensate if the rim is still bent, and if the rim has some peculiarity to it or trait that at, at 38 miles an hour, it's going to make the car vibrate. And I'm not saying I you see. do or don't. I'm just saying 
you know, when I, I when, when we're balancing, I always teach my guys, hey, we're balancing. We're spinning the tire. We've got the tire off the car. Let's look around. Let's be nosy neighbors. Let's go look at front end. Let's go look for something worn. Let's go look for rust stains coming out of a bolt socket. That means it's water got in there and something's bound up and not, not moving like it's supposed to. Let's go, you know, let's use our eyes and ears. Let's do what God gave us and use what God gave us. Um, so balancing is a good place to go. Moving tires is a good place to go. Uh, front to back. If we move tires okay. front to back and it changes the shake at all, uh, you know, okay. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, okay. You know, okay. it's it's and, and and keep in mind too. And I you know I can tell you some stupid stories. People have come to me with shakes, and we'll go to work on the car, yeah. and the lug nuts are loose. <laughs> you know, one wheel's got loose. Yeah. This happened a month <laughs> ago. One all wheel's right. got loose lug right. nuts, right. and we're like, "What happened?" Well, we went down to the tire store down the road, and they did the they did a rotation for us, and we kept going back, and they could never figure out what was wrong with it. And literally, we tightened the lug nuts and solved the problem. Right. Um, you know, right. so I mean, that's out there. Um, uh, yeah. You know, the longer no, I, I work I, on I cars, the, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I I've checked all the lug nuts. It was, okay. It's, uh, you know, I, I maintain it pretty good. As, right. You know, as, uh, the, the minimum stuff, not, right. not the major stuff. But I think, so, I think, okay. I think I will, long I story that. short, yeah, I think long story short, you're talking more about rotation, balance. Um, when it's on the balancer, yeah. how much hop do the tires have? How much, um, I call, I think of it as concentricity of out of line, up and down, blah, 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 blah. you know, how much motion up and down does it have? Right. Um, are the tires egged on, right. the, on the wheels? Have they taken a wear? Uh, you know, do we have a belt shift? Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's five or six okay. things that can go wrong with tires as they age. And, you know, okay. um, we've got to make it feel like it's 27. Right again. at it at 60 grand. 60, yeah, it's, 000. you know, okay. and, 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 you uh, know, hey. But before we randomly replace tires, let's start doing some diagnosing. Yeah. Can I can I throw another one at you? Sure, real quick. It's it's an uh, 3 Camry. The heating does not uh, work. I changed the thermostat, and and the next thing I was going to do is there's a uh, a servo on the passenger side which controls the door. Um, it's called a servo door. I, I, I can't remember the term. And I thought maybe that that would be something. Okay. Again, it's a one owner car. No. Uh, so it's just heat. You get heat. It's not overheating. Um, temperature stays right where it's at. Um, all right. Simple. The thermostat has been replaced. The thermostat wasn't bad either. So, simple. Simple questions here. Um, check engine light yeah, on. Yeah. No. Okay. Good. So it's not setting any sort of fault code for, for thermostat operation. And, you know, it's nope. always a fair question. Sometimes the check engine light's on. Nobody thinks that they would have anything to do with temperature. Right. Um, so the vehicle comes up to operating temperature. Temperature gauge says it's hot. If you, were to lift oh. the hood and, if you were to lift the hood and grab the radiator hose, is it uncomfortable to the touch? No. It's not, it's not hot, hot? No. Do you have a scan tool? I'm just reading about this stuff, and that's pointing to me in that door, the servo door on the passenger side is where I, I'm at now. So. Right. Well, I just want to verify that the engine does have enough temperature. So what I want to know is... I checked... Go ahead. No, I, I said I checked the water, the, the cooler level, and everything is up to par. Okay. But, but hear me out, Sam. And I'm not saying it's not the actuator. 
I'm just saying that I'd like to just know, you know, some basics here. If you were at the doctor, heart rate, blood pressure, how good are you doing? You know, that kind of right. stuff. I just, I just want to cover the basics. Right, um, right. Uh, you know, coolant okay. levels surely there, thermostats there. What's engine temperature? Thermostat could be the best thermostat in the world. Like I can give you a half a dozen reasons why engine temperature doesn't come up to speed. Um, so I'd still oh, like to know okay. what, what does the computer see? Is it is it 185 and it's supposed to be 198? Is it just right on the ragged edge of where it'll uh -huh. set a fault code but doesn't? So if that vehicle's okay. been driven for 20 minutes and it's 65 degrees out, you grab that upper radiator hose, that should be sort of uncomfortable, warm to the touch. Stats open, cool, and circulating. It should be. Um, and if you have any doubts, if it's warm enough, a scan tool, OBD2 way, would tell you, hey, it's up to temp, this is what it's running at. Once we get past that, grab the heater hoses. Inlet and outlet, one should be hotter than the other. And if they're not, if one's hot and the other one is, is cold, maybe we've got a restriction at the core and the core needs to be back flushed. Um, and then maybe we could talk about water valves right being restricted not allowing proper flow. So just having the numbers sometimes beforehand is, um, is, is, is just gives you a lot of information. Give me a call back if you need more, Sam. I appreciate it. I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Annie and the Car Doctor rolling along here this hour. Thanks for joining us at 855-560-9900. Don't forget to get out the Car Doctor Facebook page. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, check out what's going on there as uh, we continue to try and fix all of America's broken cars. Roman, Lincoln Park, New Jersey. How are you today, sir? How can I help? Okay, how you doing? Good, sir. What's going um, on? I got a 2001 Acura TL uh, with a 3.2 V6, uh, 192,000 miles. Okay. Um, it's... It, uh, it, Basically, when I when I'm driving, let's say I'm going 30 miles an hour, 40, and I I accelerate, it kind of jerks the car to the left, but it doesn't continue pulling to the left. It seems like the alignment's okay. It just it just will actually jerk the steering wheel to the left. I could feel it. If I let it go, I could actually see it, and then it goes straight again, and then when I hit the brakes, it actually goes the other way okay. to the right. I would focus on the I would focus on the brake issue first. I replaced the brakes, and the, the brakes are wearing beautiful, and the rotors and everything, and, and, and it seems like the brakes are totally fine. Okay. It's it just... Well, but they're, it, they're it not, the not. Car, because the car pulls to the... Which way does the car pull? To the right? It, it, it only jerks just, just for a second as soon as you apply it, and then it starts going straight. When you say it jerks, does the steering wheel change position, or does the... A, a tiny bit. It will just, like, kick a tiny bit to the right or to the left. When I accelerate, it kicks to the left. Okay, is the steering rack tight? I don't. I don't know. Sounds like it sounds like the steering mechanism is loose. It, 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 that could be tightened. Or uh, well, if it's loose, right? sure. Um, you know, it's it's it, you know what what you're describing under acceleration to a degree sounds like something we used to call torque steer, because front wheel drive vehicles have unequal length front drive axles it would favor one side over the other. And sometimes it would put more load on an axle and the axle would get internally gouged up and beaten up and it would create a, a massive torque steer issue. But in this case, where I would go is I would pay very careful attention to engine mounts, trans mount. If you power brake this car, does the front mount hold up okay? 
Have you tried that? Well, Have you looked I, at that? I, I replaced the front mount, the big one in the front. Right. I replaced the one on the on the, the main one on the side that holds okay. the top of the engine. Were they bad? I, I did not. They were bad. Okay. Right. But that that didn't change. The right. only one I didn't replace is the one in the back of the engine, the big one in the back. Well, is it you know if it's not bad? I'm not saying you have to. There's there's ways well, to test I, it. I don't know how to tell if it's bad. Well, if you if you put the car in reverse and and power brake it in reverse, does it lift the back of the motor up? Does it lift the back of the mount up? I didn't try reverse. Okay, I All right. tried it. You know, it's try it in reverse. Try it in drive. Does it look like the mounts are? You know, in drive, it doesn't do anything bad. Okay. I didn't try it in reverse. Try it in reverse, and you might have to have somebody watch while you're doing it. So yeah, that's, I, I, I know. I that's know that. It. Just, um, and then we get into is do we have an issue with the rack? Is the rack itself, the steering rack itself, shifting? And you know, under acceleration, jerking the wheel because is the car actually shifting, or is it just that the steering wheel is shifting from the application of of, of load? Um, so do those things and uh, give me a call back, and obviously just pay attention on um, what kind of shape are the drive axles in, and um, even though the brakes were wearing evenly, uh, could you still have a caliper that's binding? It might be an interesting car if you have access to a thermal imager. I know it's a little high-tech, but a thermal imager to look at, take it for a ride, bring it back real quick, jump out, take a thermal image of or temperature heat gun of the brake rotors. Are they equal? Are they within 20 degrees side to side? Is one side dragging more than the other? Sometimes you'll see a lot doing it that way. Um, anyway, appreciate the call, Roman. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back to wrap it up right after this. Here I come in Welcome back, Ron Neen, the car doctor. You know, I want to just talk real quick about uh, some of the things that, well, it goes on here and goes on in the shop in terms of the phone calls and the questions I answer. There's got to be a deductive line of reasoning. Just because the brakes pull to the right doesn't mean the fault's in the brakes. Just because the check engine light comes on and it's got a fault in the knock sensor circuit of an internal module doesn't mean the fault's in that module. Auto repair is is a layered issue today, and it has been for some time. It can't just be because the check engine light says this, we automatically do that. You know, following a flow chart, the only time I know a flow chart works is if you're trying to walk from one end of the block to the other. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, you know? And I always think about, would a flow chart include, look out for the puddle, look out for the hole in the... In, in the in the road would it would it include don't step here the dog was just there you know does it give you the options all right and I I think a lot of that with auto repair we had more than a few calls this week I had a body shop call me this week and um, Tim's under the gun he's trying to get a car out and he said you know my scan tool doesn't communicate with the car and I you know listen did you, did you, and I could tell he was not in panic, but he was upset. It's, it's quarter to five. He's got to get rid of the car. You know, did you check the fuse for the, for, for port 16? Did you check to see, um, you, you know, did you try the scan tool on another car? Did you go through some basic diagnostics? And, and he did. And I think he ended up solving it. And the, the point becomes that, you know, even when you're under the gun, in the words of the great Lou Holtz, you got to think win. What's important now? That's what diagnosing cars is all about. I'm Ron and Amy in the car doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless.